Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. You can listen to us live right here locally as we broadcast in the Green Bay, Wisconsin market in the USA. We also live stream our radio show to my website, TerryTalksNutrition.com. On that website, you can listen live, or you can listen to any show that we have stored in the archive section of the radio show. Just bring up any show on your demand and listen conveniently wherever you are, whenever you like. You can also do the same for our newsletter. I send a new newsletter out every Friday to your email address. And also we store those newsletters in the e-newsletter section on the website. And of course there's a lot of other good information on health and nutrition on my website. And also you can go to various other channels that we use as a platform for your enjoyment. You can catch us on Facebook under Terry Talks Nutrition on Twitter as well. And you can also listen or look, view on YouTube and my channel is youtube.com slash Terry Talks Nutrition. And we have a brand new podcast. Dr. Lynn and I have developed a podcast that you can enjoy and subscribe to on whatever favorite podcast platform you would like, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, Player FM, Audible, Deezer, and Podcast Attic. I've also written several books this year. My goal this year was to write 10 new books. I have achieved five or six of those. And you can find them under Terry Limron in the book section at Amazon.com. Sometimes radio shows give out a lot of information. And sometimes it's overwhelming. And sometimes it just may be, you may be disturbed during a program and miss something. So I'm writing books to help you understand more about various ingredients like grapeseed extract, curcumin, andrographis, and subjects like anxiety and how to relieve pain and why type 2 diabetes is optional. It is not a guarantee. But what we do daily, the choices we make daily of the level of activity, of what we eat, and what we don't eat, and we should, and what we eat that we should not, actually creates our health. The doctor does not create our health. Drugs do not create our health. They can be life-saving, of course. And drugs do save lives. But for many of our current diseases today, are only symptoms of a bad diet. Truly, factually, this is actually the truth. If we do not eat a correct diet, there are consequences. Junk foods, fast foods, foods that are totally devoid uh, void of nutrients, which causes almost 50% of Americans, to be obese. That is grossly overweight. And one of the main reasons why those, why those have, obesity has, for those people, 
the number one factor for having COVID-19 viral infection, severe symptoms, and maybe even death. Obesity is also part of type 2 diabetes, heart disease. So we bring on these diseases by what we eat and the lifestyle, lifestyle choices we make. So I try to bring you topics that will give you more information and why this information can be of benefit to you. So this morning, we're going to talk about a new form of B vitamins. B like in boy. B vitamins, why these bioactive B vitamins are so critical for your health. And we'll talk about caffeine in coffee. There's a lot of press today on coffee. Coffee can improve your liver function. But a recent study came out that drinking too much coffee can cause dementia, loss of memory, forgetfulness, and maybe even Alzheimer's disease. And then we'll talk about some of the unexpected benefits of probiotics. Those happy bugs, friendly bugs, that should reside in your gut for better health. If we are eating incorrectly and eating foods that actually kill off the bacteria, we are less healthy. And what does sugary soda have to do with colon cancer? We'll talk about collagen, especially for the joints. There are many forms of collagen. Type 1, type 3, type 2, various forms of collagen. Can they improve your health, especially your joints? And then we'll give you three reasons why you need more magnesium. Not manganese, but magnesium. And then everyone suffers from inflammation. As inflammation is one of the number one causes of all diseases. And 98% of all diseases are caused by our lifestyle choices. So if you have arthritis either osteo or rheumatoid, any kind of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, weight gain, all forms of inflammation. So it would be, I think, advantageous to follow an anti-inflammatory diet. So all that information can help you have a better, healthy lifestyle. Do you want a healthier life? I believe the way some people live, they don't either care or don't know the difference. Not many sources of information provide benefits of changing your life, changing the food you eat, increasing the level of activity. All these things are wrapped into a better, healthy life. Just think of the things you could do better if you are free of pain. What could you do better if you were not a type 2 diabetic? What could you do better if you lost 50 to 100 pounds? And maybe not even that much in some people. Think of all the great and wonderful things we could do. So let's start off this program as we always run out of time. We never run out of subjects, but we run out of time. An hour doesn't give us much time. So that's why reading my books will give you a lot of information and you can take your time and you can think about it. 
and you can go back and reread it. So now we're going to talk about bioactive B, like boy, B vitamins. So what is so characteristic of the B vitamins? Well, first of all, they're water-soluble. That means they don't stay in your body very long. They can be washed out easily or not even be absorbed because they are carried out so quickly. They are carried throughout the whole body and not stored. We don't store water-soluble vitamins. So they must be regularly replenished. And I would say daily, and in some cases hourly. And they are essential. B vitamins are essential for good health. There are many diseases caused by a deficiency of B vitamins. Where do we get these essential nutrients? Coming up soon. They cannot be synthesized They cannot be made in the body. They must be obtained through the diet. So we must be eating foods that are high in B vitamins. And then most B vitamins are not biologically active. That means they will not do anything for the body until they're converted through the liver function into the most bioactive B vitamins. They work together. There's a series of B vitamins. And they all work together and individually to facilitate metabolic processes in the body. Now, these B vitamins produce energy. They improve your nervous system. So they improve nerve function. Red blood cell formation. It improves brain function and mental performance. And many of the B vitamins help regulate blood sugar levels. So how do you know you need more B vitamins? So let me give you some warning signs of B vitamin deficiencies. So these signs should be a warning to you, to us, that we may lack the B vitamins, some or all. So if we experience weakness and fatigue, a good sign that we may be better off including B vitamins or making sure that we're getting plenty of B vitamins through diet or through supplement. Anemia, depression, trouble concentrating, confusion, and memory loss, struggling to find the right words when you're speaking. And in a four-year study, subjects or participants in the study with the lowest level of vitamin B were three and a half times more likely to have a greater rate of mental decline versus those subjects with the highest levels of B vitamins. So when you're lacking B vitamins, or you are deficient in B vitamins, it's three and a half times more likely that we will have a greater rate of mental decline. Numbness, tingling, and strange sensations in the hands, arms, legs, and feet, also due to a lack of B vitamins. In the case of skin, 
issues, acne, dry skin, cracking and sores around the lips and in the mouth are also signs of a deficiency of the B vitamins. Now in the B vitamin supplements, the type of B vitamins matters significantly. There are three very crucial B vitamins, B6, B12, and folate. These are three very critical B vitamins, and especially in older adults. B12 deficiency symptoms may be mistaken for other problems, such as dementia, when in fact the problem is easily treatable with the B vitamins. So if one of your loved ones or your older parents or grandparents are struggling with dementia, it could be in fact just a lack of B12 or B6, which have an effect on brain function. 30 to 50% of people having genetic mutations that affects the ability to convert B vitamins from their food to the active, biologically active form in the body. These B vitamins have to be converted to a form that the body can readily use and that only occurs through liver function and conversion. So the best thing to do when you buy a supplement of B vitamins, you should choose B vitamins in their active forms. Now, not all B vitamins are available in the converted form, the biologically active form. But when you buy a complex of B vitamins or you buy a multivitamin and mineral supplement with all the B vitamins, make sure that B6, B12, and folate are in their biologically active form. Vitamin B6 would be then be known as pyridoxal 5-phosphate. Vitamin B12 would be known as methylcobalamin. And folate would be known as methylfolate. These are the methylated forms which are the active forms of the vitamin B complex. So search out the better form. Your body will get better results with B vitamins that have the biologically active form either in a complex or individually or maybe just the three most converted forms which are the biologically active form of B6, B12, and folate. Extremely valuable for a pregnant lady. Now let's go on to caffeine. Earlier in the program I said caffeine has been in the news quite frequently in the last year. Drinking coffee up to six cups a day improves liver function, heart function, brain function. But drinking an excessive amount of coffee actually causes, in some cases, in studies, dementia. So what do we do? Well, caffeine from coffee is good for the heart and good for the liver. In fact, coffee actually keeps the heart ticking. People with irregular heart rates, AFib, are usually told to avoid caffeine for fear it will increase the risk of pushing their heart into an abnormal rhythm. Well, a new study 
Researchers collected five years of data from 386,000 adults. 60% were daily coffee drinkers, averaging two cups per day. And the results of this study. Coffee drinkers were less likely to develop irregular heart rates than non-coffee drinkers. I'll say that again. When they studied 386,000 adults, 60% of those 386,000 adults were daily coffee drinkers, averaging about two cups per day. And they found that those coffee drinkers were less likely to develop irregular heart rates than non-coffee drinkers and had no increase in the risk of other types of heart disease or high blood pressure. The risk of AFib declined by 3 to 4% for every daily cup of coffee consumed. Now, I wouldn't have a cup every hour, even though that the study said AFib declined, or even the risk of AFib declined, by 3 to 4% for every daily cup of coffee. Well, there's got to be a limit. I did not see a limit in the study. But I would not go beyond 6 cups of coffee per day. This study confirms early research that found up to 30% reduction in the risk of heart failure when drinking two or more cups of coffee daily. And I would not exceed six cups daily. Unless other research proves that more coffee would benefit, but so far I've seen maximum recommendations do not exceed six cups per day. Now, we all should take probiotics. You know, these friendly, happy bugs in our intestinal tract. They give us a tremendous amount of benefits health-wise. I had a good friend that was a doctor that, that specialized in probiotics. And after 40 years of research on probiotics. First of all, for the FDA. He studied probiotics for the FDA. And when he saw such a great benefit in the raising of hogs, pigs, with probiotics, he left the FDA, opened up his own company to do research on probiotics to come up with the best possible form of probiotics. And he said, under this was his opinion, that everyone should take probiotics. And it's the only thing that he felt was able to change the health of the individuals. Well, I agree in part of that. I agree, I, I agree that if you're not doing something health-wise, dietary-wise, to improve the quality of bacteria in your gut, the good bacteria, and the number of bacteria, that you should take a good probiotic every day. Good for constipation, diarrhea, bloating, gas, all kinds of conditions that are involved with the intestinal tract all the way from the stomach down into the colon. It has tremendous benefits. But now we're going to find some unexpected benefits of these happy bugs. We find out that probiotics are not just for digestion. Probiotics help relieve digestive symptoms, of course including gas, diarrhea, constipation, and bloating. Probiotics have additional benefits 
far beyond digestion, including reducing inflammatory skin conditions. You know, sometimes we have no idea when things are going on which we can't see internally in our body. We can't see many forms of inflammation in our body, but we have it. And sometimes women have a hard time understanding that the health of the skin comes from within the body. What we take in terms of food and beverages and supplements are far, far more effective for skin health, reducing fine lines and wrinkles, and reducing dryness by taking supplements internally than applying creams. We have been brainwashed by cosmetic companies. Yes, creams are nice. Creams have a benefit on the skin. But they don't make the biggest change in our skin compared to taking supplements internally and eating the right anti-inflammatory diet, which I hope I'll get to today. Inflammation is what damages the skin. Inflammation damages the heart. Inflammation damages the joints. Inflammation causes type 2 diabetes. Inflammation. A gentleman that I knew wrote a book called The Nation of Inflammation. Bottom line, we're all inflamed internally. We can't see it. Sometimes we can feel it. The pain in our joints. The heart disease. All those things we can feel to some degree, but we don't realize it's inflammatory. So probiotics can reduce drastically inflammatory skin conditions. I'm going to pause here for a moment. I have to take a break, but I'll come back with a lot more about probiotics and much more on the show in the second half of the program. So we'll come back right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. And welcome back, everyone. We're back on Terry Talks Nutrition. We're going to be starting the second half of our program. We'll be here to the top of the hour. I'm Terry Naturally, and we're always here to help you realize the benefit of food as your medicine and supplements as your medicinal herbs or complexes. Now, we're talking about probiotics. Normally, probiotics help relieve digestive problems and eliminate the digestive symptoms, including excessive gas, diarrhea, constipation, and bloating. How can it correct diarrhea and constipation? They're the opposite. Because it regulates the bowel. It regulates the colon. And when you regulate what's happening, you stop both excessive elimination and no elimination. But we found that unexpectedly, probiotics have additional benefits beyond digestion. And as I left the program... In the first half, we were talking about inflammatory skin conditions. And this skin condition, such as eczema or eczema, and acne, both skin conditions, and I'm sure that everyone would think, what can we apply to the skin? Because doesn't that make more sense? If you have something you can see on your skin by applying some cream or cosmetic or some ointment to the skin makes the most sense. Yes, it does have some benefit, but the entire healing process of the skin for inflammatory skin conditions 
is from treatment in the body. Within the internal workings and metabolic functions of the body. They found that infants whose mothers took probiotics during pregnancy were over 60% less likely to suffer from eczema in their first months of life. In younger people with severe acne, 12 weeks of treatment with probiotics reduced the number of acne lesions by 50%. Now here's the more unexpected benefits from probiotics, especially now. It should be ongoing, but especially now because we have a viral outbreak called COVID-19 and the variant Delta Delta variant. So that is involving the immune system. If we have a strong, healthy immune system and we maintain a healthy immune system by diet, by supplements, by getting the right amount of sleep, by just not burning the candle at both ends, and we have strength and health of our immune system, it's not compromised by being overweight, by eating a junk food diet, by eating a lot of sugar, eating a lot of carbohydrates, drinking a lot of sugary soda drinks. Probiotics have been found to boost and strengthen the immune system function. In a clinical trial, 17% fewer children experience a respiratory infection when receiving a daily probiotic versus children receiving a placebo. You know, this is helpful. I'm not saying it's going to cure the world. I'm not going to say it's going to cure everybody. But everybody is gung-ho on vaccines. And they want children going to school that have been vaccinated. And not one darn word is ever said about how healthy are your children. Do you feed your children well? Do you feed yourself well? Do you eat good foods, fruits, vegetables, good animal proteins, good fats, and reducing drastically carbohydrates to be on a low-carbohydrate diet and no sugar? Sugar feeds bacteria and viruses. Sugar feeds cancer cells. So when you remove the fuel of these cells, you have a better chance of recovery and treatment. So this clinical trial, 17% fewer children, and we are dealing with a respiratory infection with COVID-19, they experience these receiving a probiotic versus children that did not. And in another case, older, overweight adults taking a probiotic supplement were 27% less likely to contract COVID-19 along with an upper respiratory tract infection, coughing, sneezing, sore throat, versus people receiving a placebo, a fake pill. Probiotics are very helpful for maintaining good health. But three things you need to think about. When you go out shopping, what kind of probiotic should you buy? It's an, it's pretty daunting shopping in a health food store or anywhere else, wherever you go. Because there are so many choices, thousands of choices. What should you look for? How should you know How can you tell the quality of a product? How can you even tell? You know, probiotics are live. They're live living bugs. 
and we have to keep them live in a package before you buy that package in a store. How do you do that? How do manufacturers keep those bugs alive? Well, some you see in refrigerators. They keep a lot of probiotics in cool conditions or cold conditions. Why? Because they're alive. You want to protect them from heat, from air, from oxygen. You want to keep them alive. So what you should look for is a guaranteed number of time of use. So what I mean by that is probiotics will have a usually have a number of bacteria count like 5 billion, 20 billion, 500 billion. Now do you need all that 500 billion? No, you don't. You're paying too much for it. You don't need that. I don't think you need any more than about 10 to 20 billion of live bacteria. First of all, we want to make sure that it's live. We want to make sure that it's the right kind because there are many companies selling bacteria that are not human strains of bacteria and they have never been clinically tested. So they will, you could buy a product of probiotics and get no value whatsoever. And it's just not rated on the number. But manufacturers don't have much to say about a product because the FDA prevents claims on a dietary food supplement to tell what it really does. So sometimes manufacturers base all their marketing criteria or their marketing hype on numbers. So somebody comes out with, a company comes out with a probiotic, 20 billion. The next company comes out with 40 billion. The next company comes out 80 billion. The next, because they want to top the best number so they look the best. Doesn't mean anything. The number means nothing. You don't have to have over 20 billion bacteria for a good probiotic. Now, you want a probiotic that is shelf-stable. That means you don't need refrigeration. And you want a probiotic that guarantees how long it's going to last and not at the time of manufacturing. So what I mean by that, you want live bacteria and like the one I use, is shelf-stable. It's guaranteed to be shelf-stable, and it will contain, contain 20 billion bacteria for two years. Some companies manufacture probiotics, and they say at the time of manufacturing, there was 100 billion bacteria. Because they know that the bacteria will die off in time even sitting in the refrigerator. Slowly, 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 these live bugs are dying. You can't keep them alive forever. So when they make the product, the day they make the product, they measure it, and it has 100 billion bacteria. Whoopee. But they say that because they know that within a few months, or maybe six months or a year, it may have 50% less probiotics because they're dying. So through some very smart technology, you can now have a probiotic that maintains 20 billion bacteria for up to two years of shelf life. Does not need refrigeration. It is very, very new technology that allows the live bugs to maintain healthy living and alive 
for up to two years. And then the right kind of probiotics is equally important than a big number. Because sometimes the bacteria chosen to be put in a probiotic supplement isn't the right kind. It is not even a human form, a human strain. So look for probiotics that are naturally found in the human gastrointestinal tract. So the one I like, 20 billion bacteria, made up of lactobacillus plantarium and lactobacillus rhamnosus and bifidobacterium bifidum. These three bacteria are extremely human strains, well-studied strains, have been around for many, many years, and provide benefits that have been studied and confirmed. But now you want to take them home. You don't need refrigeration. Just store them properly, away from extreme heat and humidity, and take one or two 20 billion servings a day. First thing in the morning is the best time. I like it. I like to take it on an empty stomach. Now, how do we stop chronic indigestion, heartburn, gas, bloating? Well, of course, probiotics. We just covered that. Probiotics will be very beneficial in improving digestion. But here are some other very important benefits. Chronic indigestion makes you feel terrible. It makes you feel so full after eating. Only a little bit of your meal that you sometimes can't even finish your meal. Can't finish your food. You are uncomfortable. You have a very uncomfortable fullness after eating that lasts longer than it should. Sometimes it, we, we know that we're full, but not where we feel bad. And sometimes we can even experience mild or even severe pain in the upper abdominal area, between the bottom of the breastbone and the belly button. Burning, a burning sensation, and bloating in the upper abdomen, even nausea. These are all chronic conditions that I think many Americans suffer today. And the number one that I find and it's an easy cure. And I do say a cure. In this case. And it doesn't cost you much. And everybody can afford it. Reduce your carbohydrates. The amount of carbohydrates eaten today by Americans. And what I mean by carbohydrates are all those grain products flour products, flour made from grains. And if you reduce that, Americans today consume 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates today. You find them in everything. Cakes, pies, uh, all the grains, all the cereals. And that ferments in the digestive tract, causing gas, bloating, acid indigestion. Lower your carbohydrates down to about 100 grams of carbohydrates a day, and you will solve all of your digestive problems. But you also can include, if you like, a licorice extract. And this is a very special form of licorice. 
it is deglycerinated. So the glycerinic acid has been removed from the licorice. And it's referred to as DGL, David George Leonard. Sometimes I think that stands for darn good licorice. At very high levels, high dosage levels, this key compound from licorice can cause increased blood pressure levels. But I've never found that to be a problem with dietary food supplements. In the research that they found that increased high blood pressure was actually done with people that were addicted to licorice and ate licorice candy. Not many candy companies use licorice anymore or use that in their candy making. They use anise, which tastes a lot like licorice. And then they consumed up to five grams or ounces of licorice in candy form. But this new DGL is not linked to the beneficial effects of licorice for digestion and is therefore removed. So the very specific DGL extract, high in beneficial bioflavonoids, that effectively reduces symptoms in people with chronic digestion, and here is a study that I ran across, the subjects of this study were told to take 150 milligrams a day of this DGL that had been standardized at 10% of the bioflavonoids, around 75 to 150 milligrams a day. I like the higher dosage in this case, the 150 milligram dosage. They had up to 50% greater improvement in their digestive symptoms than the placebo group. Belching was gone. Heartburn was gone. Bloating and nausea was gone. Acid indigestion was gone. And sometimes within a few weeks. That is the way some of these very high quality natural supplements can even add more benefit along with a low carbohydrate diet. You know, we all should avoid sugar. And I think people always think about sugar as that in the sugar bowl or maple syrup or honey or high fructose corn syrup. But all the carbohydrates, whether it be fruit, bread, candy, pasta, donuts, crackers, pretzels, whatever, anything made from grain, converts the sugar in our body before it can be metabolized and either dealt with as energy, and that's where insulin comes into play. Insulin is a hormone that shuttles the sugar into the cell to be burned for energy. But the American diet is so high in carbohydrates and sugar that all the sugar, first of all, can be found in the bloodstream. So that makes the doctor think, oh, you're a diabetic. When you really are not a diabetic, you're just eating so much sugar. Cut the sugar out, and that will help 95% of the people that are diabetic, type 2, that they will no longer need drugs or insulin because they don't have enough sugar in the bloodstream. But if there is an excess of sugar, it is stored in the body. Where? As fat. That's why so many people in America are fat. From carbohydrates and sugar. We never ever get fat from eating fat in the absence of carbohydrates, or in the reduction of carbohydrates. Proteins and fats 
will make us slim and healthy. And somewhere between 60 to 80 to 100, maybe 100 at the most, grams of carbohydrates a day. Get a booklet on gram, carbohydrate gram counting. And keep your level of carbohydrates down somewhere between 60 and 80 and maybe up to 100, but I would not go beyond 100. And you'll see some amazing changes in your health. Your arthritis pain will be far, far less. Type 2 diabetes will be gone. You'll lessen the risk of heart disease. You'll lose weight properly and proportionally to your body chemistry. So let's wrap up with one more health tip. We should be out of here in the next couple of minutes. Colon cancer rates are increasing for young people. Versus people born in the 1950s, those born around the 1990s, now around age 30, have twice the risk of colon cancer and four times the risk of rectal cancer. Researchers theorize that this increase could be related to increased intake of sugary drinks. The percent of daily calories consumed in sugary drinks has more than doubled since 1977. Data collected from over 40,000 women over a 24-year period found that versus women who averaged less than one 8-ounce serving of a sugary drink a week, two or more servings a week doubled the risk of colon cancer. Each additional serving a week after that then increased the risk by another 16%. Replacing sugary drinks with coffee or milk led up to a 36% reduction in colon cancer risk. Sugar causes cancer, feeds cancer cells. With that, my friends, I'm out of time, but I'll be back here tomorrow, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, so we can pick up our subjects again, so we can help you again understand more about your health. So always join me if you're interested in your health. Say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. God bless you and God bless America.